Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. For those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is Maddie and I will be your host as we discuss Star Wars costuming. The Temple of Geek Podcast has been around since 2012 and is hosted by a variety of geeky people from the Temple of Geek team. Here we discuss and celebrate fandoms and all things geek. And to our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. And with me today is special guest Christine Evans, also known as at LilyPond81 on Instagram. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little about yourself? Um, my name is Christine Evans. I am a cosplayer and costumer uh, from New York City. I'm... I've been doing cosplay for, I think, probably longer than cosplay has been cosplay, but it's something that I really enjoy, and it gives me a chance to be able to wear the costumes that I love and would want to be able to create uh, and have a forum in which to be able to share them with other people. That's wonderful. That's so great. So let's take it back for a moment. Um, Since we are talking about Star Wars, I would like to know, um, when was the first time like you remember showing interest in Star Wars? All my deep, dark secrets. (laughs) Uh, Well, this is the one and only thing that I will ever admit age on. And it's it's like a badge (laughs) of pride. Uh, I was four years old. Uh, when A New Hope, or at that point, A Star Wars Story, uh, was uh, showing in uh, movie theaters. And I remember the night that I saw it, and it pretty much changed my reality. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those, I don't remember seeing the movie itself, but I remember mm-hmm. leaving the movie theater, and I was looking for them up in the sky. Uh, so it was one of those things that they were out there somewhere and I was going to find them. Uh, so it was one of those things that it left an indelible mark on me and I've got a crazy imagination. So it just ran from there. That's so wonderful. I love that so much. That's so sweet. I can just picture like a little girl looking out like that's so Star Wars too. (laughs) Very Star Wars. Looking into the stars. I love that. Um, And so as you mentioned in your intro, um, you are a cosplayer and you're a Leia cosplayer for the Rebel Legion, correct? I am. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I, yes, it's it's really very funny. I mean, I, my first time I ever dressed up as Leia uh, was in 1999. Uh, for a okay. Halloween, for just, you know, a Halloween costume, but Ooh. I can never do anything halfway. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I put everything together, um, but I wore it a couple of times and I put it away. I, I moved to New York and I, I met a couple of friends and one of them, uh, her name was Kristen, and she was a Leia for this organization called Rebel Legion. And I just remember looking at this as this pinnacle of perfection. And I was like, well, I can never do that. And when she moved to another area, because uh, though Rebel Legion, and we can talk about that further later, uh, is a international organization. Um, if you lose a member, then, you know, it's, it's great to be able to have another member jump in there to be able to take up that character. And she quite literally said, I passed the buns to you. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think I'm ready for this. And I, which is ridiculous because I've been making costumes professionally for years. Uh, but it was just that pressure of um, can I do this and can I live up to, um, you know, the 
outcome of like what this organization would want from me and what the community would want from me. And I was able to do it. I pulled a 20 year old dress out of uh, <laughs> out of the uh, mothballs and it was it was horribly stained and even almost as badly made um but i i was able to clean it up and i took my submission pictures and i i got into rebel legion and at that point i met some of the greatest people in this galaxy and beyond that's so cool that's so fun i love that she passed the buns to you like that's very just- much that's 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 incredible. Now, um, what was the journey like? So you've been co- like making costumes since before cosplay was a thing. How did that start for you? Like, how did you get into costuming? As I said before, I have a crazy imagination, and yeah. from the like the first moment that I saw Star Wars, I mean, I started playing with my imaginary friend Luke in the backyard uh and well Han was there too but he he tried to control the situation so I made him sit him on the uh the swing set and he wasn't allowed to play with us but that's a whole nother problem uh but I so I needed costumes to go along with that I I've always had a huge imagination in the sense of like Wizard of Oz or um other franchises that had beautiful costumes. I mean, Alice in Wonderland, again, that was a costume I was obsessed with as a small child. And so I wanted to be able to build things. And maybe it was a piece of fabric with a hole cut in it. And I put uh, some bias tape through it. And all of a sudden, it was a witch's cloak. And I wore that thing for like four Halloweens in a row. Of course, I kick myself now because it was a piece of antique lace from my great grandmother. It was probably worth $500 now, but like, oh. again, like I know I remember yeah. it. It was a beautiful piece of material um, or being obsessed with uh, the dark crystal as a, a, a small child. Again, so happy that there, you know, there's a resurgence of this and you're now st- starting to see professional cosplayers really put all of their energy into bringing these beautiful magical creatures to life. And it makes me so happy. Uh, but at the time I had an Afghan that had holes in it that I could stick my fingers through because the Gelflings had three fingers and a thumb instead of four fingers and a thumb. And I could stick my fingers through those holes and pretend like my hands looked like their hands. And that was my costume. Uh, so it that's how I started off doing this. And I, in high school, I got obsessed with uh, musical theater. Um, my I was actually in band. It seems like all good stories start in band, right? Um, <laughs> but I had gone to a, um, a drum corps competition. And a drum corps is basically the best football game you've ever gone to. It's just halftime show with no football uh, yeah. and I uh, I went and a group called the Santa Clara Vanguard uh, performed <gasps> Phantom of the Opera on the field I fell in love I lost my heart I found my soul it was one of those things in my life has never been uh, the same since uh, at that point I found out what theater was I was obsessed with wigs was obsessed with costumes was obsessed with performing and singing and everything and i was a 14 year old who didn't have time to wait to be a professional performer to wear those costumes so i started making them uh my first cosplay as cosplay was christine Dye's blue wishing you're somehow here again dress and i recently found photos that were taken on film uh uh, that we had done uh, on a snowy day in a um, cemetery 
in that draft. Wow. And wow. it was amazing to be able to look at this and go, I mean, wow. I mean, this was my starts in cosplay. This was also my stop starts in theater. Um, I currently now work on Broadway uh, as a wig person. Uh, so it's one of those situations that shows how deeply this kind of stuff can affect us from our imaginations as a small child and then go forward. So it was just one of those type of situations that I wanted to be able to do this now. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I can't wait. Let's go ahead and try this out. And that's I'm how cosplay started. That's amazing. And total side note, I was a drummer in high school. Yes. And, I and, and I remember being obsessed with Santa Clara Vanguard. And that was the drum corps that I was going to audition for, but never oh, did. Yeah. I, so. I had dreams, <laughs> dreams. I mean, I, I twirled anything I could get my hands on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that I had so many friends that were in, in drum corps. And it's so funny when people are like, how did you get into theater? And I'm like, football. And they're like, what? <laughs> Uh, and yeah. it's those summers were magical and it's amazing uh, the commitment and love and inspiration that comes through music and what can what it can be able to do to other people. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. That's wow. I'm over here like, oh <laughs> that's so cool. So cool. Now, like when you were doing all this costuming and did it just feel like a natural extension of your love for all of these things like Star Wars included? I mean, it was just like almost like a no brainer. Like, yes, I'm going to make costumes for this. It's funny because it snuck up on me. Uh, you okay. think that it would be a, tr a natural transition, but I think for a lot of people and especially a lot of cosplayers or fans of a certain age, we had to hide our loves of certain things for a long time. Uh -huh. uh, it wasn't cool. It wasn't fun. And so uh, there are certain things that I'm very, very possessive of. Uh, mm -hmm. My love for Star Wars is one of them. My love for musical theater, Phantom of the Opera, stuff like that, again, is another. I'm very, it, like, I have to know you really well to sit down and really talk to you about it. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I don't want, it's like other people's opinions matter. But sometimes I just want to keep mine in a little box and not share it with people uh, because it that's the way I was raised because you were ridiculed for things. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that that's where my love of Star Wars was. Uh, I had some really serious hardcore fan uh, friends. Uh, in fact, one of my friends owned the original Death Star model. That's a hysterical wow. story. Uh, and we would do parties amongst ourselves, but we had known each other for 10, 15 years at that point. Mm -hmm. There was nothing we didn't know about each other. And the right. internet wasn't necessarily what it is now. So it, it our world hadn't expanded uh, to a place where I now have friends that are Star Wars friends that are across the globe. Mm -hmm. So uh, it really took an organization uh, such as Rebel Legion to bring it back home. Uh, I have a picture of myself on my Instagram Oh my goodness gracious. I want to say it is from 2015. I was, a, I was attending star Wars night at the Mets baseball uh, game. And okay. uh, this is an embarrassing thing. I did not own a star Wars t-shirt. Really? I did not. I am wearing a union Jack t-shirt and uh, a Hogwarts backpack and I had a really cool lightsaber that was like, you know, OG Disney, like when you could go in and get the plastic ones to put together. Yeah. Um, but hey, it had crystals. So I, I felt it was pretty legit. Um, yeah, there you go. So it was one of those things that like, and I'm there with people that I now troop with 
or do events with um, that at the time I had no idea who they were. Uh, so it's it's one of those situations. And it also shows how we have changed in the last six or so years when it comes to merchandising for women. Uh, right. I have literally a billion fandom t-shirts. I could wear a Star Wars whatever every single day if I wanted to and probably have more than once. Uh, <laughs> so unabashedly. Uh, yes. So it really, it, it really took that organization to go, no, it is okay, Christine, for you to love this thing openly, proudly, and just do it. And it was, it was the, the last bit of uh, permission I really think I needed. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, you know, we are, like you said, back in the day, you know, it was considered almost taboo or mm -hmm. weird, you know, to like this sort of thing. And now there's Rebel Legion and other costume troops that it's like, no, wear this loud and wear it proud. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, it's not, well, it's normalized. You know? it, it's like, very it's, normalized. My yeah. first, my very first convention, I remember going to with another actress friend of mine, and a group of guys was following us around like, really creepy like this would never happen today ever <laughs> right we're following us around and we're like can we help you with something and they're like why are you here and I'm like because we're fans and they're like fans of what and I like you know hi gatekeep much uh ticked off like six different things on my hand of fandoms that I liked and they're like well that doesn't work because you know you're pretty and you're this and you're that and like it was literally the textbook like stuff that you hear uh about and we both i mean they chose the wrong ladies to mess with at that point right. and we're like literally stop talking get away from us right now or we're gonna literally own you um oh. because it was horrible it was like the things they were saying were, were absolutely completely terrible so it's it's one of those things that's struggling through that and finding that and i'm not saying that that kind of stuff doesn't happen at conventions today because it still does we've gone we've gotten very much better but we have a long way to go uh, mm -hmm. before um, every place is a safe place for people right yeah absolutely um and so with you know the fact that conventions are unfortunately not happening right now um, is the Rebel Legion doing anything from home to kind of like still spark that creativity in that community? Uh, they really are. And if, if you're not familiar with Rebel Legion, um, it is a international um, costuming community um, whose mission it is to be able to bring smiles and hopes to Star Wars fans around the world. We have close to 6,000 members worldwide. Wow. It's wow. pretty impressive. And then when you st and when and what they do is they do this as a charity base uh, in order to be able to bring something back to our communities. Um, mm -hmm. If you're like, Oh, wait a second. I don't, I don't understand rebel legion. You've probably seen 501st legion, which if you've ever been to a concert or a large outing of some sort, and you see a large group of stormtroopers, that's a 501st. And yes. uh, there are bad guys doing good. Uh, yes. And we're the sister organization to that. Uh, we are going to be um, holding uh, on May the 3rd, going into May the 4th, uh, being the major Star Wars holiday of the universe, besides any new films that are opening, uh, called Rebelathon 2020. Uh, and that's going to be a celebration of community and giving uh, and hope. It's going to be 12 hour long celebration that's going to be held on the Rebel Legion Facebook live page. Wow. And I cannot wait i mean like i have just gotten a little teasers about what's gonna go <laughs> on and this is gonna be flipping cool 
And it's just, it, just some of the tastes that they have given me is that there's going to be interviews and not only just interviews like with members and such like that, but actually guests uh, from the star Wars universe. And like, there is there, I mean, the only thing better than watching star Wars is what is listening to people who are involved with star Wars talk about star Wars. It is amazing. Um, And it's just, and there's also going to be unbelievable content that's actually been created by our super talented members um, themselves. Um, When I was talking to one of the organizers last night about this, I was like, can you just give me a hint of like some of the people you're going to be interviewing? Because like, believe me, I I love these people that, that make stuff. And one of the people I literally, you know, I squeed very loud and that (laughs) um, Vanessa Marshall, uh, who is the voice and queen of the universe uh, of Her- uh, General Harris and Bula uh, from Rebels and from um, Forces of Destiny and, and other shorts. Uh, and um, she's one of the most amazing female characters uh, that's in the Star Wars universe. And I adore her, you know, wonderful green personage to pieces and so i'm like i'm excited like start blabbering because i'm like oh my god i'm so excited to be able to hear this interview and to hear what she talks about and then also uh brian herring who is the puppeteer uh and quite literally the legs of bb8 i mean we're gonna be like i love the people who make stuff and who create like actors are fantastic but like Mm -hmm. if you start you know you don't actually get to hear like yona's uh, speak about what it's like to be Chewbacca because he's going to talk as Chewbacca. But like to hear right. BB-8 or like the person who is the physicality of BB-8 talk about what it's like to be able to do and, you know, create this character. I am so pumped. And that's the only, the t- like he was like, yeah, I'll give you these two. And then you, you're you just going to have to wait with everybody else to see what we're able to be able to bring. And it's, it's going to be phenomenal. But that's May the 3rd. Starting at 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, on and it's just and that's going to be on the Rebel Legion um, Facebook page, and it's going to be amazing. So definitely don't miss out on that. Yes, that sounds incredible. I can't um, wait. Uh, yeah, that's going to be so cool. So are they? So they're going to be live interviews. Will they be able to watch replays if for some reason people can't go like watch them live? I have not gotten that far in my inquiring on this because I mean, okay. it, I am actually technically not on Facebook. Okay. So I don't know how the technology has changed over the last three years. So okay. the people who are doing this uh, in their real lives are actual like film and TV people and uh, have done a lot of editing and such like that. So they're the brains and I'm sure it's going to be phenomenal. Um, I would, uh, Rebel Legion does also have a YouTube channel. So I would assume that they would put some of this content up on there uh, as long as contracts and stuff like that allow them to be able to share that information for replay. I'm sure there's that kind of technical stuff in there as well. Right, of course. Well, mm-hmm. very cool. That's I'm I'm gonna set a reminder for that. That sounds amazing. I, I'm super <laughs> super pumped. I mean, I've heard rumblings yes. of some of the stuff that's going on, and I'm like, right. oh my goodness gracious, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be great. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, wow, Woo, my head is spinning. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, fun fact: you were featured in Sci-Fi's Project Looking for Leia, and that is so cool. Can you tell us what that was like? It looking for Leia is probably one of the most beautiful projects that I have ever been involved with. I met Annalise 
uh, who is the director uh, at Star Wars Celebration in 2017. And that's when they were were starting this project. Uh, later on that year, I was interviewed and I've met so many people through this project. It's ridiculous. I mean, if I say that I have gotten 20 new friends through this, some that are like I talk to on a weekly basis, I wouldn't be exaggerating. Um, and it's it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, we went ahead in those um, episodes. There's seven episodes in season one. Uh, if someone was to ask me, so which episode is yours, Christine? I didn't actually make the interview cut because everybody, the stories that they were able to record further down the line from the time I was interviewed just snowballed and are amazing. Like it's my story is insignificant and small compared to the beautiful, beautiful stories that they're telling in these episodes. Uh, I am one of the poster princesses, which makes me very proud. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and um, I remember when um, Annalise had talked to me and she was like, we had done this photo shoot, which was really incredible. And a lot of the the footage from going to do that photo shoot uh, ended up being B-roll for the um, the episodes as well. But to be able to to meet her and like to have her sit there and go, oh, yeah, if someone ever IMDBs this, your face is going to be right there. And I'm like, oh, my God, don't talk to me like this. I can't take it. Uh, but in, it was to be able to stand with the women that I was standing with uh, in that poster is phenomenal because the the stories that they're trying to tell um, are widespread. And it, it's not just the story of a white princess. It is so much bigger than that. And it's like uh, so many of my friends that have come to me and go, Oh, I want to cosplay princess Leia, but I am, I'm not white. Uh, and I'm like, and you are going to cosplay this. And it's like one of my friends that's standing in that with me, um, Adria. And this is a woman, beautiful woman of color who is also of a certain age. So she does, it's like, you want to talk about outside the norm of every ticky box. She is a goddess and she owns it. And she's one of the most beautiful layers I've ever uh, seen. And to be able to stand with her on that poster is one of the, the greatest prides of my entire life. I mean, it's, this project, I mean, I, it's a 20 minute episode. God forbid if it was like 45, you literally would like cry yourself to death because the <laughs> stories, it, it's our history. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to get too much into them because I mean, spoilers. Uh, right. But one of them talks about uh, fanzines, uh, which is a direct correlation to like what we're doing right now. I mean, this is like a fanzine of our area, our era. Uh, and to be able to, how we share our love for the fandoms that we, you know, we have, how that's changed from the 1970s to now. And so it, it does go into that. And it talks about a couple different podcasts and, and the like. And it's it's such a beautiful story and something that every single one of your listeners can be able to relate to. That's incredible. That sounds so empowering and just so beautiful. Oh, uh, um, it Believe me, there's... Um, one of the episodes, um, what we choose to, I'm trying to remember the name of it. I was going to write those down and I'm terrible now. Uh, what we choose to protect or it's something to that effect, but it, um, I'm not going to tell you anything about it other than the fact that you better have an entire box of Kleenex for it. 
and it talks about um, bringing. I had to be able to put this without putting giving anything away. Uh, <laughs> right, being able to bring Star Wars: A New Hope as a forty-year-old movie to an audience and a language that it has never been in, and no movie has ever been recorded in. Wow. And having that delivered to a people that cannot be more deserving. That's, in- that's incredible. It's like, just go watch it. Yes. Literally have a box of Kleenex and, and be like, oh my goodness. Like, I can't even think about it without getting goosebumps. I mean, it, it just, and I watched it like at a viewing at Dragon Con and I like, we were like ugly crying with an entire row of people we didn't even know. Oh, I mean, like, uh, like literally in someone's lap, ugly crying. I mean, like I had someone in my lap. I didn't even know who it was, but they were friends after that. So it's all that matters. So it was just like it. But it was just one of those things of we are this family. And it's oh, my goodness gracious. I I was so excited when it was picked up by Sci-Fi. And you can you can see it on Sci-Fi Wire. You can see it on Hulu. You can see it on a YouTube channel. Uh, as well. I mean, there is so many places out there. I mean, like, I can't think of a, a, a better uh, quarantine, like, go out and binge watch other than the fact that you're going to have to do a block or, uh, a walk around the block with your mask on just to, you know, de-chill, you know, chill out after one of them. They're so emotional. They're amazing. Yeah. That's wonderful. That sounds incredible. And speaking, yeah. And speaking of being in quarantine and needing things to do and watch <laughs> um, and, and read, you wrote an essay about Princess Leia for a book called Why I Geek, an anthology of fandom origin stories. How did you get involved in that? I, I got involved with that because uh, my boyfriend is one of the editors. Uh, no, wait, I wasn't supposed to say it that way. No, um, <laughs> hey, full disclosure. Um, right. Two of my friends were had the idea for this book uh, mm-hmm. because I it says it all in the title fandom origin stories. Every superhero has an origin story and every person is a superhero. So it's, it was just amazing to sit around and be like, Hey, how did you get into this? You know? And, and you'd sit there and listen to this story and you'd go, that is amazing. Like, I wish I had a book of this. And so they decided to go ahead and, and, and do this project. And when I tell you that it has fandoms is agent Carter Hitch, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, My Little Pony, period dramas, stand-up comedy, wrestling, West Wing, X-Files, Star Wars, Star Trek. It has everything. Um, so it's like, who would ever have thought, like, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to talk about fandom. What's your fandom? Poetry. And this is in there. And it, it just, it, it blows your mind. Um so they asked me to go ahead and write about Carrie. And when we were talking about originally writing the book, uh, this was 2016 uh, when we lost her. Mm. And so, I mean, emotions are high. I mean, everybody has a love for this incredible woman and how to be able to put those feelings into words is darn near impossible. Yeah. Uh, so I sat there and molded over for weeks going, I'm not a writer. I, I can't write this. I have no idea. And <clears throat> trying not to spoil anything in the story. When we did our first book signing, it was at a small convention in uh, Kansas. And, you know, 
Facebook, Google, whatever it was at the time popped up with its year memory. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And it reminded me of what I was doing a year before. And I was at Carrie Fisher's last book signing at the Strand Bookstore in New York City for her uh, book, The Princess Diarist. And I remember standing in front of her going, what can I say to this woman to be able to get across to her how she has impacted my life and how she has affected me when I literally start drooling on myself when I talk to her because she's a brilliant award-winning author. Mm -hmm. And then to fast forward a year later and I have actually written something and it was monumental. So it's basically just talking about how Star Wars came into my life uh there's I have a, a, a funny little unique thing about myself, especially as a Carrie Fisher or a Princess Leia cosplayer. Um I look a lot like her. Yes, <laughs> so yes, you do. It's I mean, and not that looking like somebody is important in cosplay, it absolutely is not, and it's also not right. everything it's cracked up to be. Um, but I can be in sweatpants with my hair on top of my head, with my glasses on getting off an elevator and somebody will go, Oh, look, she looks like princess Leia. I mean, it it just doesn't even have to be in cosplay. Um, So it's, it's one of those type of situations that she has been an integral part of my life since I started doing things out. Like, like when you got your first job, you know, as a teenager where people from the the public would look at you and say something stupid besides I want a taco or fries with that. Um, (laughs) And uh, unfortunately, I, I was working my first fast food job at the time of uh, the special edition. So Princess Leia was very much in the forefront. And I literally would be at work in a visor and a polyester uniform and have people go, you look like Princess Leia. So that's what I was talking about is like how this woman has not only just been a, a huge impact to me on the screen and also within our society, but how she has personally affected me Mm -hmm. and how losing her affected me and how I have to, I had to make a choice to go forward with that and how I was going to use that superpower for good. And that's basically what the story is about. Again, have a Kleenex ready. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. I do love how emotional Star Wars is for a lot of us. Um, and like how it's not just something that we watch in the movies or something that we see on the screen. Like it's, it's who it's almost like, it's not almost, it is part of who we are as fans. Mm -hmm. So many of us were born into it. Mm -hmm. Um, When you originally asked me the question of how early was star Wars in your life? I wanted to joke, you know, conception. Is that a thing? (laughs) But so many of us are Um, one of the, things that I'm most proud of is when I don't have any children myself, I have two amazing cats who will sit and watch whatever I force them to watch. But um, when people come to me and go, my kid's five, six years old, how young is too young to watch Star Wars? And I'm like, I was four when I watched it. Uh, Rate my mental level of, you know, how badly I need therapy from that. Uh, But (laughs) It's, it's one of those type of situations that if you're prepared to be able to have them watch it, like for them to come to me as the crazy aunt uh, and be able to give that input, it means so much. And then the other most important question, what order do you watch them? Right. 
So it's right. like, and then that debate. So I've had that talk multi- with multiple parents. I, I like to think I'm mm-hmm. everybody's go-to on, right. on that, at least within my friend circle. So right. it's a badge I wear with honor. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so great. My son is five and Aww. I introduced, yeah, I introduced Star Wars to him as soon as I could. I think he has like, he's had three birthday parties that were Star Wars related and those were by his choice. And so. Oh, that's it's, so sweet. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, and so, so what was the first uh, franchise in which that you introduced him with? Did you do New Hope? Did you do as my sister did and Angry Birds was my my nephew's entrance into star wars i don't know how proud i am about that right no no but Um, what did you what did you show him first did you start him so i start i believe i started him with actually the clone wars cartoon um because i felt like that was that was something it was more vibrant and colorful um and then i went to phantom menace because it's I feel like that one, I remember seeing that one as a kid, yeah. you know, I'm, I was probably seven when that movie came out. Aww. And so I, I loved it. Um, yeah. I will go out there and say this publicly. I enjoy every single Star Wars movie. Absolutely. And so, yeah. And so I showed him that one and he loved it because he thought he called Jar Jar Binks the silly guy. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And he liked Anakin as a young kid. And yeah. so I think he was able to relate to that one more. And then he's ended up seeing a little like bits and pieces of the Force Awakens, and his obsession with Kylo Ren began. Oh and so, no! <laughs> and so he's got Kylo Ren costume. He's got the lightsaber, and so that's kind of where we are right now with him. So, Aww. well, as yeah. as a Leia, I have a very very soft spot for my my Kylos, and I yes. I I do ground them as soon as I see them, which gets awkward if I'm not wearing my Leia costume. So because right. it's, it's a <laughs> reaction. So that is so sweet. No, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's really neat because I mean, it's ingrained in our culture. Uh, mm-hmm. Very much like how Harry Potter is like, I can be in the middle of a meeting and go, well, you know, the muggle terminology for this is going to be blah, 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 blah. And right. no one in that meeting is going to flinch. Uh, I can be in a meeting and be able to, to sit there and, and, say like well the force blah 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 or like you know may the force be with you you know and yeah it'll get a couple of laughs but at the same time it's a way to be able to be you know to to take that greeting along with it uh yes i i was at a a museum board uh fancy uh meeting at one point and they were asking me why we had to be so correct in costuming and i looked at them and i said try try not do or do not there is no try and they thought i was brilliant i was just quoting yoda right i mean it was just but it was i mean that's my big motto it's like you just you just do it yeah and along with that you know when my kid and even me i get giddy when i see the stormtroopers um, <laughs> yeah. you know you know and so he sees the stormtroopers at conventions we have star wars day at the public library the last couple of years and you know the mandalorian groups are out yes. and for them to be so accurate it's so real for him and so he's in his costume and he gets to go talk to the stor- the stormtroopers yes. or th- it's Darth Vader standing in front of him, um, you know, or there's a TIE fighter pilot and he just, his eyes are just filled with this light. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, it's like, yes, your costumes need to be correct. Um, and I will say this, I actually applied for the 501st. Oh, fantastic. Um, what costume? Yeah, the, uh, Imperial officer. Nice. Um, 
Yeah. And so the only reason I didn't get in was because my boots were wrong, but I didn't want to spend that much money on correct well, boots. And that's the um, thing. When people come to talk to me and, and I, with with this, I mean, like I've been in Rebel Legion now for close to four years and mm-hmm. people will be like, well, I tried to do this and it was just really, really hard and they didn't want me. And I was like, uh, did they not uh, want you or did you not want to have to invest in da, 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 da. And they right. come back to me and they go, oh, it was actually the latter. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, because we would love to be able to have you. And it's the perfectionism. One of the reasons for this is that we get tapped so many times to mm-hmm. work on different things. Um, Rogue One, a lot of those droids that you see in there are droid builders droids. Those wow. were not made by necessarily like Industrial Light and Magic or whoever is building the droids and stuff. A lot of those are actually just people like you and me who have built these. Um, many of the stormtroopers that are in the Mandalorian, those are 501st members. That's incredible. So yeah, it's it's so much easier. Even if they're going to give you a different costume, they don't need to train you how to fall correctly in that costume or how to run correctly in that costume or sit correctly. Oh, wait, you can't sit down as a stormtrooper. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> That's how the rebellion beats you. We all sit down. <laughs> uh, but it's it's that kind of situation. That's why we're so, ex- I mean, we're so exact. Not necessarily so we can play in Lucas slash Disney's toy box, but that we could be able to be true to the beautiful artwork that's been passed down to us yes by these creators um Mm -hmm. as a celebration of the art that they have given us and the neat thing is is that we make it we go out there and offer it to be able to sell it or something like that and a lot of times we get picked up to work on the thing that created our love in the first place and and that is a beautiful circle that i hope continues for years and years and years to come with star wars and whatever wonderful new stories they give us yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Um, and so with with that, um, do you have any advice for anyone who was looking to get involved in the Star Wars community? Just do it. I mean, mm-hmm. really, honestly, I, it's like any fandom, there's ups and downs. There's good people, there's bad people. But I will tell you this, it the good people so outweigh anybody that possibly could make you frustrated. Um, and you're going to have frustration um, with, especially with Rebel Legion and such like that. If you're going for one of these groups, it is a tricky process, but mm-hmm. it is so, so worth it. The friends that I have met with this and believe me, I mean, I've, I've been in it for four years. I have 13, 14 costumes. Uh, every time I submit one of those costumes, I call it pushing the button. Every time mm-hmm. I push that button, it takes five years off my life. And like, it, it, but I've made hundreds of costumes. Uh, so it, and I, because I create costumes for other people and I take great pride in the work that they, you know, that I give to them as well. So it's, it's one of those situations that it's going to be stressy, but anything worth having is worth fighting for. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, just go out and do it and then, and don't be afraid to reach out to somebody who's already a member or a judge uh, and ask them for either assistance. I mean, you know, hey, do you have time with this? Can you take a look at these pictures? Just be very direct with your questions uh, and uh, make sure that your questions are there and formulated in a way that it is not taking up too much of their time. And I bet you they'll answer you right back. That's awesome. That's great. Thank you. Thank so you. So that. 
Yeah, that is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. Um, we want to thank everyone who tuned in today. And thank you, Christine, for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight to spend the afternoon with you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. And if you guys out there have any questions or comments, please feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handle Temple of Geek. And if you want to check out more or some other episodes or shows, head over to templeofgeek.com, where you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the geek world. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.